This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on, everybody? This is Jared Timms alongside with Brock Davis today. Uh, we got kind of a Young Bucks episode today, right, Brock? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little uh, a little bit different, just me and Brock. Uh, the old geezers are uh, out <laughs> doing stuff. I, they're going to hate me for saying that. They really are. But... <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, we're, we're livening it up today. Exactly. We're going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to bring your own little flair to this one today. Um, throw you guys a change up a little, I guess a Noe Ramirez change up. He's got a good change up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So I, let's actually, before we start all this, let's just kind of, I don't know, we, we can kind of address the, address the elephant in the room, you know, take a, take a step back from baseball in a sense and. You know, let's let's give a little Kobe Bryant memory. I mean, you got anything, you know, since all this news is coming out, right? I mean, we were recording within like a half an hour of all this news coming out, in a sense. Yeah. We, we don't know everything that's going on right now with, with this whole Kobe incident, but I mean, it seems like it's true, and I don't know, you, you have a, you have a, uh, a memory of Kobe, you know? Um, I don't really have like a specific, you know, I never really watched basketball but Kobe was in his prime and and doing his thing when I was going through you know my childhood and you could for sure I think everybody could attest to this that he was like the guy that if you were going to go out to the court and play with your buddies that he was like the guy that everybody would think of on the court every time you take like a special shot you'd yell Kobe anytime you shoot something in the classroom and in the trash you'd yell Kobe and like everybody knew who this guy was this guy was the was the epitome of a NBA star and the face of the sport. It would be, you know, back in that day would be the equivalent of Ken Griffey Jr. Just suddenly passing. Everybody knew who that guy was baseball or not. Everybody knew who that guy was. Um, so it, it sucks. It really, it really does suck for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel you on that. It's we're all, I think the internet is broken right now. I, I, it's, it's like Twitter's broken, you know, everything is broken right now. And it, just listening to reports about all this is just insane, and I can't even fathom. We don't have any other detail just besides Kobe yet, and everybody's trying to figure this out. But man, I can't even fathom, you know, the wife and the daughters, and it's 
just such such a such a sad thing that's happening. But you know, one thing I, I watched a lot of Lakers games growing up with my with my great grandma um, during the you know the era you know Shaq and Kobe and you know that, that was just mm-hmm. kind of a special time for me just to watch the great. I mean, it's you're basically watching Mike Trout in a sense. I mean, I don't want to you know this isn't a good time to bring that up, but I mean he, he's he's unbelievable. You know, it, it's Jordan Kobe. There's not too many LeBron. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable what he meant to the sport. You know, yeah. there, there hasn't been somebody that's meant this much to an individual sport since ever. I mean, like when you think of the NBA, you think of Kobe. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable and it's it's so sad. But you know, let's uh, let's let's turn the page here. Let's let's start talking a little a little. Uh, Angels baseball, shall we? Um, I I know you've get, kind of given your two cents on this, um, but uh, but some more news or some different news, I guess, have, has come out, and we've had a little bit longer to discuss this. But let, let's let's talk about the Astros a little bit. And um, Brock, what, what do you what do you make of all this Astros stuff? And I know they've come out with apologies now, or some of them have, and you know some other people have come out with you know players are actually talking about it a little bit more now, and it's. It's kind of you know we've gotten some firings and it's it's, it's been a little crazy. What 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 do you make on all this? Well, there's a lot to go over about this whole thing, and and honestly, you know, <clears throat> the only people that have been coming out with with apologies or have really addressed the situation on on a real human level has been ex players. Um, you know, they had the Altuve and Bregman interviews at their fan fest, which I'm sure was a was a disaster and probably wasn't very much fun, just due to the fact that all this drama is going on, and then they try to go out there and act like nothing happened. Um, and they interview Bregman and Altuve, and Altuve, I, I I don't know what frustrates me more. I don't know whether Altuve coming out and trying. He he, he I don't care what anybody says. He tried to pull. The, not the victim card per se, but like the underdog card of like, oh, well, now that this happened, everybody's going to be doubting us and don't worry, we'll be back in the World Series. I don't know whether that frustrates me more or how Bregman went about it frustrates me more. I want to say Altuve's does just because I think Bregman stuck to the script of what they're supposed to do, which is, you know, they're, they're, it's kind of a double-edged sword as the Astros players. They got immunity to basically rat out about the situation and that's what ended up happening when uh the gm and the manager got fired was because the players got immunity and discussed the entire situation they were able to get all the details so with that being said even on a lawsuit standpoint the players don't want to incriminate themselves to the public they don't want to say anything that would make them uh publicly hated and want people to pursue some sort of lawsuit because that can still happen and there, there still could be ramifications from an outside source, not just MLB. The Astros could take, um, you know, things if they don't follow the script of what the owner wants them to tell the public. Um, so there's that. There's that whole situation, which I'm not a big fan of. But as far as the punishments themselves go, I feel like it's still not enough. I feel like even though you know the five million was the max, you can you could punish a, a, a franchise. That's the max fine. The MLB is allowed to find so i mean it is what it is five million you know slap on the hand is practically what that is and the draft picks yeah i could see how that could kind of affect them um but at the end of the day when i was trying to think when when all this stuff came out and everything was confirmed and the investigation was going on i was trying to think in my head what do i think would be 
a reasonable punishment for them. And to be kind of set that bar to where in the future, if this happens again from them or another team, that they're going to get it worse than that. So what I was thinking was something along the lines of um, a limited that would basically have a cap on free agent spending for X amount of seasons and a cap on international bonus pool signings for X amount of seasons, plus draft pick, uh, you know, taking away draft picks, which they did. Um, and basically that would not decapitate them, but put them in a situation where we're basically kind of going to force you to stick with what you got for the next few seasons because you messed up you broke the rules blatantly and have ruined the integrity of the game for the last two seasons and now the last two to three seasons is going to be a bunch of what if this what if that what if this team could have beat them without that and that's that's what everybody's going to have for the forever and that's never going to be answered and i don't think the answer is giving the dodgers a title i don't think the answer is playing the playoffs over again i think the answer would have been harsher consequences and i don't know if it if it met that but what i can say is i don't think it's going to continue because i think if somebody does this again it's going to be harsher than that and i don't think anybody wants to do that no totally 100 percent on that the thing that bothers me the most and i agree with everything you said there i don't i you know don't think that it was i mean five million dollars that's pocket change for an organization that is what it is they make that in one game basically uh maybe a little bit longer but um they needed to really push down on this because i mean i saw a tweet right the day that it happened that all this came out and it was well now we know the price to win a world series you know (laughs) now you know the price to win the world series is this amount of draft picks five million dollars a gm and a manager you know that's what you're losing um, and it's not, that's not enough, you know, um, in my opinion, it, it, it is what it is. You know, MLB came down it it's fine. That should have been more. Um, the thing that bothers me the most is the way that the Astros, um, public PR department has handled this whole situation. It's just not been good. I mean, you can't, it, it, you can blame the players in a sense, you know, for how you know, they, they've acted during these, but the PR department has to do a much better job of handling this situation. Um, I I don't even think have, have the Astros even made a statement on this whole situation? Negative. Not that I've seen. Exactly. And it's, you know, they, they fired their manager, they fired their GM. And for all we know, the GM may not have even been involved in this situation. I mean, we know Hinch was involved. We know Cora probably was involved. We know the players were involved. You know, so um, and they both got the one year ban and, you know, they'll they'll end up probably being back with an organization next year. Um, But, you know, it's I I think the PR department just has not done a fantastic job here at all with handling the situation. And I don't think that they've done it well in the past either. You know, there have been other instances on not in the that far of a recent past that you know the pr department has just blatantly gone out and lied to the public and not done a good job and it's continuing over um another thing i kind of want to address here and i think it's i don't know i, I want to hear your opinion on this and i'd love to if anybody else is listening you know tweet at me i'd love to hear what your guys' opinion are on this but the some dodger fans are gonna you know come over to angel stadium on opening day or during that series 
and boo the Astros. How how do you feel about that? I love it. <laughs> I honestly, that's if I were a Dodgers fan, I would probably do something similar. Uh, especially because it's not like you're going across the country to do it. I don't know if I'd be that dedicated to do it, but you know, I I I'd be pissed. You know, it, it sucks. It's if just, I, I I try to step in their shoes and say, if the Angels were to go to the World Series against the Dodgers and the Dodgers were to do this against the Angels, I'd sure as hell take a trip over to Dodger Stadium and 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 boo and and do something. I'd be lighting everybody up on Twitter because it's it sucks and it's. It's always, like I said in, when I talked about it just a minute ago, it's always, always, always for Dodgers fans going to be, we could have been champions. We could have had our first World Series in, what, 33 seasons or something like that? Mm-hmm. So it sucks. Like, I would be so devastated if the Angels finally made it. You know, it's been, say they made it this year, that would be 18, 19 years. And it goes down as a cheating scandal, and then we never know. And then we never get to replay it. We never, it's just a what if game forever. So I'm on board with it. And I honestly, I, I really feel for these Dodgers fans. I really do. They they get the underdog team nationals that were hot at the right time to knock them out in 19. And then 18, they just get destroyed by the Red Sox. And the Red Sox team was just unbelievable that year. And just so you know, if I'm not mistaken, just if in case any Dodgers fans are listening to this, I'm pretty sure the Red Sox were not cheating in the playoffs. It was only confirmed during the regular season. And it was a totally different kind of cheating than the Astros were doing. Still not okay, but definitely not in the even same stratosphere as what the Astros were doing in uh, 2017. And they were also doing it in the playoffs as well. So 18, meh. You know, I, I, could, I could understand some hesitancy and some annoyance. But 17, for sure, I would be infuriated. As, as a Dodgers fan. So I'm on board with it. I'll welcome them with open arms in Angel Stadium on opening night and let them do whatever they want to do to those Astros. It, it's it's free game to those Astros this year. Honestly, free game. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, give me my opening day, though. You know, just... Yeah, I could see that. Give, give me my opening day. Let me do what I got to do um, on opening day for the Angels come game 2 Dodgers fans I'm I'm fine with that come on game 2 come on a different series you know Houston's here what two three times during the season come during a different series I know the passion may not be there as much and I I believe opening day it's on is it an ESPN game for the Angels I think it is right I Probably could, I could be, I'm assuming it will be after all all this is happening um the first Astros game I mean April 3rd <laughs> Yes e- exactly um so I was going to go April 4th yeah, um, actually, it's the home opener because the Angels are in Houston, huh? So, yeah, it is, it's the home opener for the Angels, so my bad on that. But, yeah, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Uh, I, I'm going to try my best to get to that game, too, as well because it, it's just, it'll be a different atmosphere, you know, and especially with adding Rendon and the team that they have out there this year. It's, it'll be a different atmosphere, and it'll be fun to see how the fans react to all this, and um, it, it, it'll be... I mean, I can't think of a louder boo bird set like at all, you know, since I can't even think like what do you, AJ Pruszynski coming to Anaheim, you know, type of thing. I mean, <laughs> that, um, that is it. I, you have anything else you want to, you want to talk about here with the Astros and, you know, Dodger fans coming in? I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I like it. I think it's cool. You know, if you can reunite Angels fans and or Dodger fans, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, let's, let's get a common ground here and boo the Astros. <laughs> Yeah, I've never I've never had a problem with Dodgers fans. It seems like any any like disgruntlement has always come from the Dodgers end of it. 
uh, to me, but I, I've never had a problem with, with the Dodgers themselves. I like their group of guys that they have. I like Dave Roberts. I like just everything they got going on over there. So, you know, we're not in the same league. We're not in the same division. So I don't really have a rivalry with them. If anything, I would love nothing more than, than, than to see an Angels Dodgers World Series. Um, so I'll welcome them with open arms into our stadium and do whatever they want to the Astros and I'll join them with booze. I, I have no problem with that at all because th- this frustrates me too because then it makes me wonder how much more offset the division standings would have been for these last three seasons if the Astros weren't cheating their way to a first place spot. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, I'm not saying we would win. I'm not saying that. No. So anybody who think that, chill. I'm just saying it would have offset the division standings a little bit and maybe just maybe at least the A's could have maybe had a chance at winning the division if the Astros hadn't been cheating. So, you know, it sucks for everybody. Really. It does have a um, ripple effect across the whole league, the division and everybody. And last thing about it, as a matter of fact, Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson had a interview. I believe it was at their fan fest in Atlanta and Freddie Freeman talked about how he had a teammate in 2017 that had come back for pitch, from pitching for like the first time in two years from injuries, gave up seven runs to the Astros, and retired a week later. Chris Medlin. Yep. Chris, Medlin. Chris Medlin. And that right there is probably one of the most devastating stories I've heard regarding the Astros scandal because that is literally what Mike Clevenger was talking about in his little tatted up video that he put out saying that this had the potential to end careers, to send guys back down and potentially never play the game again. And that's that's literally a prime example of, of what happened. So it's it sucks, man. And I, I I really am devastated personally. Obviously, I'm a diehard Angels fan, but prior to this whole thing, I was a uh, I liked the Astros. I'd wear their hat around town. I would I would never talk ill of them. You know, people would say, "Oh, you're an Angels fan. You probably hate the hate the Astros." I go, "No, dude. They're they're just they're just a good team. They got a lot of talent. Bregman and Altuve are legit. I like their attitudes." And then this comes out, and I'm like, "Wow. Well." Okay, I guess I'll bite my tongue from now on, and from this point forward, they're MLB's most hated team, and we're all out to get them. So, yeah, and I'll I'll finish it off here. And this, the Astros were a good team, like no no doubt about that. They had a an amazing team. You know, I mean the the rotation was good, the bullpen was good, the uh, the even the the batting order. You know, one through twenty five, all every one of them was a good player. They all. And AJ Hinch was able to get the most out of them too. You know, it's it's not like they were a bad team. You know, they're still a really good team. And I think Clevenger sent, mentioned that too. It's it's not like they were a bad team and they were just became good. They had legit players. Like, you know, I mean, Altuve's good. Uh, Correa's good. You know, I mean, Springer's a stud. Um, Carlos Beltran was even good. I mean, they they had a good team. It wasn't like it was, you know, like uh, I, I don't know. A 500 team all of a sudden winning 100 games a year with and us all wondering how they've done it. No, they they were a good team. So, all right. So before we go any further here, guys, let's kind of. I I forgot to do this. I know Derek always always does this, and I kind of jumped the gun. I think we were too excited to talk about this Astros thing and all that stuff. But don't forget to go on and give us a five star review if you like what we're doing. Um, I know I'm not doing this the same as Derek, but give us a five-star review. Tell us how you feel. And if you email that five-star review to us, I believe you are in the running for opening day tickets. Is that not right, Brock? I believe so. That is fantastic. Oh, oh, or home opener. And you get to go boo the Astros, too. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about this. Go, go. It's a win-win. It's a win-win, exactly. So if you like what we're doing, go ahead, give us a five-star review. Tell a friend as well. You know, tell tell them that you love our show. Tell them that you love Jared and Brock, and you like that the old geezers aren't here today talking. <laughs> you know, old geezer stuff. You know, they're out doing whatever. Um, Better watch that word, dude. I know they're gonna hate me for it. They really will. But go ahead and go on there. Give us a five star review if you like what we got going on. Tell them how much you like Brock and Jared doing podcasts. I mean, we may, we may get a little bit more. Um, more get a little bit more love for what we're doing here today we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes it may this may be a complete disaster but i kind of like what we got going on um so let's like get it. on i like it. I, I like I think it they're too, gonna yeah. i think they're gonna have some more too because it seems like with the four people we're kind of having you know the confliction of schedules yes. here and there and uh derek had just talked to us uh, in the last couple of days talking about how he wanted jared and i to sometimes host shows on our own mm-hmm. or together so um, if that's something you guys are completely against, let us know, or if you, or if you're super here for it, let us know if you want to just, uh, hear podcasts with just Jared, just Brock, uh, or both of us, let us know and, uh, we'll give you what you want. Exactly. But don't forget if you do that five star review, you, and you email it to, uh, us at, let's see, what is it? Talking halos at gmail.com. You are entered to win home opener tickets against the Astros and boo them all day. I think they're even going to let people bring in trash cans. I could be totally wrong. I probably am wrong. I'm just kind of that would be it. solid. It would be hilarious. Um, I mean, that's. A, I mean, why not? You're like, right? yeah, it's just a trash can. What's the problem? Oh, I'm just going to bang it, and they're going to be like, "All right, cool." Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's get on to the next part of our discussion. Let's let's talk about you know something near and dear actually to my heart here. Um, prospects. Uh, Baseball America and Prospect Pipeline just came out with their top 100. And to no surprise, Joe Adele is six on both of them. And Joe Adele's an absolute stud. And Brandon Marsh is 43rd on Baseball America's and 79th on um, Prospect Pipeline. Um, Brock, what do you got on? You, how do you feel about this? You like it? I mean, I don't know. Do you know Prospects very well? I don't think we really ever talked about this. Uh, I'm not a huge prospect guy. I, I, I recognize the names and I'll know like position, you know, and obviously like the higher end ones like Martian Adele, those are going to be the main ones that I, I focused on and done more research on and looked into trade packages for them and done all that stuff. But as far as like the other names we got with Adams, Jackson, Rodriguez, Sandoval, et cetera, I mean, I know Sandoval from pitching a little bit last year. Um, for, for the, for the most part, I spend most of my time when my baseball research on, on other people's teams and like all the, in, you know, the depth charts and the rosters throughout the MLB that I, I don't spend too much time in the, the deeper the systems on, on any team, even the Angels. Um, but the Angels prospects are the only ones I ever look at. And, um, Adele and Marsh are the main two I've focused on. And I've only done minor research on the other ones just for projected trade packages for pitching. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy with Adele being six. I wish he was top five, but that's just kind of a glamorous thing. Uh, number six is good. I, I don't even – do you remember the last time we had a actual MLB top 100 prospect? Or a top 10, I mean? Uh, besides Adele, probably Mike Trout when he was oh, that yeah. good. Brandon, but, okay, Brandon Wood. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Wood, Brandon Wood was up there for a while. Oh, Brandon Wood was up there. Okay, yeah. that's right. So that was a long time ago. What, Yeah. 08? Yeah, it, I mean it's it's been a while. I mean, right after Trout got drafted, he was he jumped up the leaderboards and he was actually third at one point. I think it went Harper, Matt Moore, and then Mike Trout, and then Mike Trout goes off and puts up a ten WAR season, and that's that's the that's the fantastic thing about you know baseball. You just you never know. It's it's fun to do all this stuff, you know, prospects and you know the lists and all that, but man, you just you never know how good someone or 
you know bad someone's going to be you know you could turn into Brandon Wood or you can turn into Mike Trout I mean yeah. hey you just you just never know but you know I'm I am a little bit more adept at this uh subject and I I do like it and I'm coming out with my top 30 here pretty soon I'm done with about 10 write-ups on these guys and I've done a little bit of write-ups on some of the guys on the top 10 list that Baseball America came out with um and that top 10 list went Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, Jordan Adams, Jeremiah Jackson, Chris Rodriguez, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Soriano, Errol Vera, Hector Yan, and Kyron Paris. And, you know, I kind of break this down into, I guess, three segments in a sense. Um, the top three, um, top four guys, should I say, you go Adele, Marsh, Adams, and Jackson are, are going to be on everybody's lists at that, in that order, in, in my opinion. You might see, you know, maybe a shift here or there. But those top four guys are going to be there in that order, and there's not too much arguing about that. Uh, once you get to the next three guys, which is Rodriguez, Sandoval, and Soriano, you can you know interchange those guys. Sandoval's going to be off here within a month um, of this list, anyways. So you know it's it's something that you know sometimes you see Sandoval on the list, sometimes you don't. You know I don't think I'm going to put him on mine just because he's almost he's basically out of there, and it's one of those things I would rather add in somebody that nobody's really heard of so that people can become familiar with them rather than have Patrick Sandoval who pitched in the major leagues last year and maybe has a month of prospect eligibility eligibility left um Soriano and Rodriguez are super interesting to me I I like both of them I flip-flopped them so many times in my prospect rankings and it's I really hope Chris Rodriguez is healthy because he is an absolute stud. I believe, I think Derek did an interview with him on here, so I think you can go back and check that out as well. I know he's been in a whole bunch of interviews. Chris is a great guy. Um, You know, he does great with all the reporters and everything like that. He's um, super into it on social media. You know, go follow him. Go give him, you know, give him a shout out. You know, he's he's fantastic. An even better baseball player, though. I mean, he has capabilities of being an absolute stud on the mound. Um, same thing with Jose Soriano. Those, if you're looking for pitching in the Angels system, go no further than those guys. And Chris Rodriguez can be up as early as 2021. I had him up actually before he got entered this year. I had him coming up this year um, in 2020. So I push it back a year. 2021, I think, is going to be that for Rodriguez. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be an absolute stud. I think he has the makings of an all-star um walker bueller type of guy it's he's he's insane um really yes i i i i watched him pitch one time and i was i've not seen somebody pitch that well since walk i saw walker bueller strike out eight of nine in a start where the whole dodgers front office i love walker bueller man dude it's it's as close as i i'm gonna get chewed out for comparing him to walker bueller um by some people and i i know who it will be if he's listening but um i (laughs) I love Chris Rodriguez. He's an absolute stud. Um, I mean, fastballs 95 to 97 can reach up higher than that. It's it's just a health thing for me. Nasty. It's 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 unbelievable. Soriano's the guy coming up. Um, and then you go down to Vera, Yon, and Paris, who anything after seven, I'd say, is interchangeable. You can, you'll see everybody flip-flop that between seven and 15. I mean, there could be guys... You know, all, all over the place. So Jeremiah, uh, not Jeremiah Jackson. Um, Jemai Jones could be in this list too. Um, Errol Vera is super interesting. Young. They Angels signed him for two point two million dollars, I believe. 
I'm probably going to get it wrong. I want to say he was out of the Dominican Republic alongside with Adrian Placencia um, and all that stuff. So it, it's, it's been, it was, Errol Vera has been, is going to be a study. He hasn't played yet at all, but I, I really like what he brings to the table. Um, Hector Yon was added to the 40 man, um, 40 man roster. Who's super, super interesting. A lefty kind of reminds me a little bit of Hector Santiago or even Patrick Sandoval, kind of a max effort guy has a nice little change up. Those are the curveball in there. So, um, he'll, we'll probably see him in Inland Empire high this year. Um, and then to round it off, Kyron Paris, a stud defender. Um, we'll see how the bat comes along. He played a little bit in the AZL last year. Um, but the guy's going to be a defender. He's probably the closest thing to um, Andrew Alton Simmons' replacement as the Angels have. I don't think Jeremiah Jackson stays at shortstop um, too much longer. I think he, he was. I think he's going to be more of a second baseman, third baseman, maybe a corner outfielder type of guy. Um, the more the more verse, uh, versatile anybody can be, the better. So let's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Angels do with those guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that was Baseball America's top ten. I, I really like what they've done there. It's it's definitely um, worth a read to go see what they do. And I know prospect pipelines top thirty prospects will be coming out here really soon. I think in the beginning of February. I think they're going to start unveiling them. So um, it's always fun. There's always a fun type time of the year for me. And um, if you're listening to this still, keep your eyes out for mine. I've done numerous research. I've talked to a lot of people about it, um, and I really like where mine is right now and i think it's very accurate especially with how much i've watched the minor league system so yeah um you got any questions comments on all this brock i mean i I don't know i I just talked a lot you know so no you're good i went on a bunch (laughs) of rants about the astros so that was like my i've been holding all that in waiting for the right time so um no i don't really have anything i'm just excited to you know i i was one of the very few that was somewhat okay with trading Adele uh, you know I had talked to you on the phone about it a little bit and you know you could tell I was still on the fence in my voice um but as far as you know it looks like it's it's coming up to be borderline not too late but it, the way that it's trending it doesn't seem like we're gonna get anybody else at this point unless it's like a surprise trade but there hasn't I haven't seen any rumors or anything along those lines about any moves we're gonna we're gonna make um but as far as moving any prospects uh, I would definitely need to do more research on the prospects to see exactly what what packages I'd be willing to give and all that stuff. But as far as Adele and Marsh goes, I'm excited to see what they can do for us. I'm really excited to see Joe Adele in the bigs. I'm excited to see him play right field for us. And uh, I hope it's sooner than later, um, especially if we could make a trade at the at the deadline and, uh, you know, maybe get a, a Stroman for, you know, four months or somebody for a little bit of hour or somebody and, and throw them at the top and maybe make a push for, for first place or a wild card spot. And uh, hopefully Adele will be able to get here around that time too. And then next thing you know, we have another solid pitcher from a trade and we didn't have to get rid of Adele because it's less value at the deadline. And then we get Adele in right field and then another frontline pitcher. And I'm excited. I'm excited how it plays out and I'm excited to see how well Adele and Marsh equate to our expectations. Yeah, it's it'll be exciting. I mean, I still think that it's been really quiet for a reason. I still think there are probably trades being discussed, and it wouldn't surprise me if we woke up tomorrow, if we woke up sometime in before spring training and said, "Wow, the Angels got another starting pitcher." And you know, then again, it also wouldn't surprise me if we didn't 
you know, we woke up in the Angels, you know, it's opening day and this is what the rotation is. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and it's, it's just been quiet. You know, I think that that's, that's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing either with how the angels work things. So it just, it'll pop up out of nowhere. You know, it could, it could pop up right now for all we know. Uh, You know, what's funny too, is think about last year about how different the dynamic was of the off season where in the beginning it was just wait and wait and wake up, nothing, wake up, nothing, wake up, nothing. And now the roles have been completely reversed to where all the crazy stuff happened, like literally bam, 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 right out the gate. And now we're sitting like with a month left to go till spring training. And we're like, uh, everything's done. Like, what are we waiting for? Now we're just waiting for trades. We're not even waiting for anybody else to sign. Exactly. That's why I, like, that, I don't think there's anybody that is somewhat big name. That's still waiting to sign. Right. Nope. No, I, I, I mean, we got, there's a couple guys. I mean, there's interest like Puig's out there still, and there's some names mm-hmm. still floating around out there, but after the Ozuna that there's that there hasn't been too much more. So, you know, I, I don't, just kind of one of those things. It's it's been you know we waited all almost till we waited till spring training to see Harper and Machado sign last year, and now it's everybody's done. So I kind of like it. You know we're we're ready to go. Everybody's it's easier on us writers to know that you know everything is kind of set in stone and ready to go. Is you know we can keep, start writing stuff a month early, and you know we kind of everybody's kind of got their predictions down, and you know we're we're ready to go. Let's bring on baseball season. <laughs> So let's uh, let's let's move on to our next topic here. Um, last topic of the day, and um, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Jeter missed by one vote to be unanimous. Um, I think that's the bigger biggest headline. I mean, Larry Walker was a Hall of Famer, anyways. You know, it, it, it was just a matter of time, and Derek Jeter was a first ballot Hall of Famer. It was just whether or not he was getting in unanimously or not. You know, obviously he didn't. He missed out by that one vote. But what do you think about him missing out by one vote? Uh, I'm honestly kind of okay with it. I feel like, ah, man. I mean, Mariano Rivera was the first unanimous Hall of Famer. And you look back at the people who just missed, you know, what Ken Griffey Jr. was, what, two votes off? I think he was off by three. Three votes. I think he missed by three, three votes. votes. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel Hall of Fame's tough for me because at the end of the day, are we voting people in based off of achievements? Are we basing them off reputation? Are we basing them off purely off performance? Is it a combination of all three? Because if it's a combination of all three and World Series don't really hold that much water, then how was Ken Griffey Jr. not unanimous? How was Babe Ruth not unanimous? How was Ted Williams not unanimous? There's tons of names. It's just like free agency. It's the same as anything else. As you look at, okay, how much did Bryce Harper make? Okay, well, Mike Trout's a significantly better player than, than Bryce Harper, so we have to pay Mike Trout this much because Bryce Harper got paid this much. So if you're going to take a look at, okay, Ken, Gr- Ken Griffey Jr. got 97% of the votes, then how is Derek Jeter going to surpass Ken Griffey Jr.? Did he have a better career than Ken Griffey Jr.? I don't think he did. But did he achieve more things with the Yankees? Yeah, he did. But the reputation's right about the same. The only difference and problem with the Hall of Fame is is that if you're looking at a ballot, you have 10, you have 10 votes to, to place, right? 10, 10 names you could put, Max? Yes, you only get 10. You only get 10 names, yes. 
So you get 10 names and you look at the ballot and at least from the ballot that I was looking at from this year, I was like, I feel like this isn't that difficult. But the problem is, is that you would be crazy to not vote Derek Jeter in. So in a way, he should be unanimous. But the problem is, is that there's been so many people already that should have been unanimous. Does that make sense? Yeah. And for me, and I, I don't care too much about the voting you know it's just uh, or unanimously I, I really don't care it's 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 an argument yeah, you're for people in. to have you're in yeah you're in you're in and i think that that's kind of how a lot of people feel and i feel like that's how larry walker felt for sure this year it's like dang i'm finally in you know um mm-hmm. so you know yes i and for me if you look at Derek jeter's statistic statistically speaking he was not a for he was not a unanimous Hall of Famer when you look at him statistically. But if you look at Derek Jeter as Derek Jeter of Major League Baseball, then yes, he is a unanimous Hall of Famer. That's why I really honestly don't care too much about the voting. You know, you're in, you're in. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of going back, actually, I'll correct you. Babe Ruth was just put in, basically. I don't think he was ever voted in. He was like one of the first. Oh, gotcha. I think he was one of the first people in type of thing. It was like him, Ty Cobb, like. 17 other people were inducted in and it was just, they were put in because they were the greatest, you know? Gotcha. Um, so, but besides that, I honest for me, I don't care about the, the voting side of things. If you're in, you're in, you know, uh, we, See, cause the way, the way it seems for me is that when you get the ballot and you got 10 votes, you put down the best 10 players on that sheet. And I feel like it shouldn't be much more than that. I don't think it needs to be broken down to the point where, Oh, how many World Series did this person win? Because if you're going to try to tell me that that matters, then what's the voting going to look like when Mike Trout gets to the Hall of Fame ballot? Oh. Say he never won the World Series with the Angels. He's a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. It's not even a question. So how much what, how much water are we going to hold with accomplishments? Okay, yeah, he won X amount of World Series. He won this amount of MVPs. Jared Jeter never won an MVP. He won All-Star Game MVP. But it's just there needs to be a more distinguished way to vote them in. And there needs to be I, – I honestly the, – the ballot itself should have a, a solid amount of names to where they have to put 10 names down. They have to put 10 names down because then that takes out where it's like that one person may have not put that vote in because he didn't feel like Jared, Derek Jeter should have been unanimous. So he just didn't vote for him kind of thing. That is – it makes sense, but it doesn't at the same time because if you think he should be in, you should vote for him. End of story. Whether it's first ballot, third ballot, tenth ballot, unanimous or not unanimous. If you see a name on that list that you think should be in the Hall of Fame, you should prioritize. So that ballot you have right in front of you, I'm going to write down the ten best names or check off the boxes of the ten best names, in my opinion, on this ballot. End of story. That's where my votes are going. And if they don't make it in this year, I'm going to vote for them again next year. Unless three more people get thrown on the ballot because they're now eligible. And I think those three players are better than that guy I voted for last year. So I think forcing amount of votes, whether whether they lessen them. So say they, you know, um, you have to vote for five people. You have to vote for eight people. That takes out a lot of a lot of this stupid stuff that that us as baseball people don't want to see. Like most of us don't want Barry Bonds and Clemens to be out of the hall. So if they're forced to put down names, they're not going to vote in, you know, some random person that's on the ballot over Barry Bonds. They're going to check Barry Bonds' name because they're going to be forced to to weigh out and be like, okay, am I really going to vote this guy over Barry Bonds or am I just going to swallow my pride and vote Barry Bonds in? 
So I feel like that might be something that they could look into if they give a broader pool on the ballot instead of, say, 30 names. They provide 50, but obviously they don't. They can't really. I'm pretty sure that's everybody on the list. It's everybody that's that's uh, eligible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get 10 years after your five years of being retired if you get put on the Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's tough to change things in baseball um, because of mm-hmm. the old school thinking. You know, I mean, yep. not that this should happen at all, um, but it is it is very tough. It gets tough to change a lot of things uh, with all of it, and it's 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 just kind of one of those one of those things. I don't I don't really care either way, and you know, I. I'll ask one more question on this. Give, give me your top ten. Give me your, give me your ballot. What's your ballot? I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Do you have your ballot? My ballot. Okay. Give me one second here. I, nope. I, I think does it need to be like actually listed one through ten? Like no, nope, best just, to not best. Nope. Just whatever your ten is. I can start with mine because I think I know mine off the top of my head. And, and I took some. I'll, I took a little bit of scrutiny, and I'm not even gonna go into why I voted. What would have voted for these people, but. I only voted for. I would have only voted for nine. I only think. I only thought there were nine players that should be in the Hall of Fame, and I thought it was Bonds and Clemens, um, uh, Jeter, Joe, Andrew Jones, uh, Andy Pettit, and then you go to that third ba- third side, which is Schilling. Um, oh, I'm forgetting some, but it was Schilling and. Uh, not Omar Vizquel. I don't understand why people really vote for Vizquel as I'm looking at it now. Um, Billy Wagner, I have him as a reliever. Larry Walker, of course. And I think Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame already. I think Scott Rowland's the biggest snub on this list besides Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. So that, those would be my nine. You know, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think anybody else is really worthy of Hall of Fame, um, on that list. So that's just, just my two cents on that. What, what do you got? Okay, well, I think I have the full list of names I can have here. So I'm I'm voting in Walker and Jeter. Mm-hmm. So I'm voting in Clemens. I'm voting in Schilling. So what is that, four? Yep, you got four. Bonds. Uh, Scott Rowland as well. Billy Wagner. So that's seven. Yep. Uh, I feel like there's names not on here that I was thinking about wanting to vote in. Who am I thinking of? Bobby Abreu, Todd Helton, Jeff Kent, uh, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, Sammy Sosa, Omar Vizquel, Andrew Jones. I like Sheffield and Pettit. Yep. I'm, so I think I'm. I think I'm only going to have nine. I've had, so that'll be my nine right there. I've had my. I've had Schilling on. I've had Schilling. I've had Sheffield on my list before, and it's been like off and on for me for Sheffield. He may jump on next year because of how bad the ballot is going to be the new people on the ballot are going to be it's it's like you're going to vote for tory hunter or you're going to vote for a couple other guys type of thing i mean we'll we'll see how that goes um oh yeah i'm looking at the names right here it's, it's like canerco yeah so alfonso soriano i think he should get a vote it's in, he's, he's interesting you can make a case for him i don't know he had a really good couple of years with the yankees i mean and i think he won a couple world series but he kind of tailed off after that when he went to the cubs and I forgot where else. Texas, I think he went to, and he never got busted for roids, uh, for roids, right? I don't believe so. So if that's the, if that's true, then 
then technically speaking, he's the only of the four players to ever reach 40-40 season without steroids. Yep, that's 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 true. He was he was a stud. Uh, Alfonso Soriano was was very very good. Um, so let's let's just kind of wrap this up here. Any any last thoughts? You got any predictions here before spring training, Brock? Um, any, anything man. anything we want to talk about? Anything else? Not anything specifically. I I think some people are still on the fence about how this year is going to go down. I I'm always been the optimistic Angels fan. I can understand the the negativity and them thinking that we're not going to reach the the heights that you know baseball reference has but those those baseball reference projections are so hit or miss good or bad and i i, I think i think we're going to win 90 games this year I, I don't i don't know whether it's going to be flat 90 or give or take a couple games but i i think i think we're going to win 90 games i do and i, I don't know whether we're going to make another addition from here but i like i like the offense we have a lot. I think we're definitely top five and maybe even top three offense in the game, especially when you look at the middle of the lineup. We have a lot of depth throughout the whole one through nine. And, you know, pitching is still, you know, still kind of sucks and we need we need help on the pitching end of it. But if we can get health, which we've always said and we've always needed, but if we could just get that one year of actual health from everybody, Heaney has a full year, Canyon comes back and, and throws a lot, and Otani doesn't have any issues, then you know, we're still looking at a 91 team with what we got if everything goes well. But when was the last time that happened? 2014. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm just eager and excited to start watching baseball again. That's all I got. Absolutely. Yes, we need baseball season. I mean, I've been watching Australian baseball lately, and it's been pretty good, actually. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it. So uh, it, it's just kind of one of those things. You know, baseball is baseball. My college baseball season has started. I Made my coaching debut the other day. It was a lot of fun. Ooh. I played at a minor league. F- we played in a minor league field, so I felt like an actual real coach, and it was it was it was a lot of fun for me. Um, nice. Yes, it was it was fantastic. So uh, sponsorships, uh, because I think I really I have to say this: if you li- would like to sponsor us, please reach out to us at talkinghalos at gmail dot com. Um, you know, we need sponsors, right? I think that's we. We're tired of banging trash cans over here. Sponsors are fantastic. I don't know what trash cans have to do with anything, but sponsors are cool. I just throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, because I'm trying to be as close as I can to Derek. I mean, nobody can nobody can match what Derek does. Derek is amazing at this. There's a reason why he was getting voted into the Inland Empire Hall of Fame for all of this. It, he's, he's great, um, and I feel, you know, lost without him here today um even though you know the young bucks have taken over what the old geezers are doing and they're gonna hate me for saying that and it's i know i know i know all right guys don't forget to follow talking halos on twitter at talking halos um you can also find us on facebook um you can follow Derek at dc apala um you can follow myself at um jared underscore tims you can follow john at john or uh, j i can't even say your name john i'm sorry go find go find john crane he john crane. yes he does um and then brock i don't even have yours on here brock what do you what do you got on twitter 
BD Rocks 8, B-D-R-O-X number 8. Go follow him and go buy a flag from him too if you want to figure out what I'm talking about. I'm going to make him post something. I'm, I'm going to retweet it. So post it. I'll retweet it, Brock. I'm going to get, we'll, we'll get you going on some of this stuff because I think you for do a sure. great job. Um, for the podcast, you can find us everywhere basically. You just got to look us up. And for myself, Jared Timms and Brock, you guys have a great rest of your day. See ya. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.